would, let's continue this time of great blessing. We'll open in prayer. Lord, thank you for this, uh, this day. Thank you, Lord God, for all that, uh, all that you are, Lord, all that you are to us, all that you mean to us, Lord God, all that you have for us. Thank you for the blessings, the healings, the victories making us more than conquerors, hallelujah. No matter where we are on planet earth, no matter what comes against us, no matter what comes against your people, Lord God, that we have you, hallelujah. And Lord, we are so blessed to be in your family. We are so blessed to be called children of the Most High God, hallelujah. I'm so blessed to be called a son. Everyone here is blessed to be called sons and daughters of you. And Father, as we look into this scripture today in 1 Samuel, Lord God, bless your people. And as we walk from this place later this afternoon, Lord, that we will truly be transformed by the power and the strength of the giving of your word, the reading of your word, the hearing of your word, and absorbing that into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. This morning, uh, I want you to prepare your Bibles for 1 Samuel 17. We're going to look at a story that truly should be on Broadway. David and Goliath. Why hasn't someone done that? Or an awesome movie. I feel like when I was working in L.A., I should have mentioned that to one of those big shot movie producers. It's time to do David and Goliath. Uh, there have been so many great movies produced on Scripture, but uh, this is such an awesome story. And I would have to say... The title of my sermon is David's Reaction to Goliath-Sized Problems. And if you came here today problem-free, anybody? I don't even want to raise my hand on that one. That was more like trying to prod you and see if anyone would raise their hand to that. If you came problem-free, well, good for you. But most of us here, as we even heard, even our sister in Christ that we prayed for earlier, we realize that very often these Goliath-sized problems can pop up. You ever feel that way? So let's look here, at, uh, let's look here in Samuel 17. Actually, now that I think about it, if you've ever seen this movie, anybody here really like or enjoy watching movies, movie buffs at all? It's definitely not my wife, but I love movies. There's this great movie, and I don't know if it's by Disney, but I think it is, because it's on Disney+. Plus. It's called The Kid with Bruce Willis. He kind of grows up and becomes this big, jerky business guy, and he all of a, start, all of a sudden starts having these, uh, what would you call them, delusions of his younger self showing up. And he, uh, he begins to think that he's losing it. Like his brain is, uh, you know, going haywire. And he goes to the therapist's office and he says, I need strong medicine. Just write me a prescription. Make these delusions go away. Get rid of my problem by me taking this pill and I'll be fine. And wouldn't that be so nice if that was the truth? You could just go have someone write you something and everything was better. Well, in the case of God's people, we know where to go, Amen. And that's what we're going to learn from David. When we face these problems, these issues that come against us, we know that we run to the God who saves. Hallelujah. So it says here, and it's a little bit longer, so I'm going to read fast, but not too fast. We're going to start first with 1 Samuel 17, 1 through 11. And then I'm going to jump to 32 afterwards. 
But let's start with 1 through 11. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sokoh in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Sokoh and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels and his shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. You ever felt that way? Dismayed and terrified. Picking it up at 32. Verse 32. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. He probably thought he was sending David off to certain death. (laughs) But he stayed positive. Go and let the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed in David's Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and he tried walking around in them because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. My wife reminded me as we drove uh, here this morning, isn't it amazing the simple things that the Lord uses for great victories? He takes off the sword, he takes off the helmet, he takes off all the armor, and he grabs stones from a stream, a little sling. The things the Lord uses. 
Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, and am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, and he said, Come here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me. I will strike you down, cut off your head, and today will give your carcasses to the Philistine army, will be given to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you all into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into the forehead, into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and he killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it forth. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with his sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and they ran. Now that is the victory of a mighty God. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you just love it if every problem you faced came at you, realized the power and the strength and the position you have in God's family, and it turned and it ran from you. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, I'll tell you, that is the truth in Jesus' name. Amen? So, Let's thank God for this passage of Scripture because it's truly something that we need going forward, the right perspective. When you look in Scripture here, and it says here, as we knew, the Israelites knew many problems, many, many issues that came against them, but it says here that the battle lines were drawn. Sometimes I think in our Christian walk, we need to put a line in the sand and say, Hallelujah, this is where my problem comes no farther in Jesus' name. Amen? The battle line needs to be drawn. And the Lord had led the Israelites many times into victory before. They were used to being victorious. And then when these two armies faced each other, the Philistine army, the Israelite army, they thought about all their victories. They thought about everything they've been through. Certainly, they could probably defeat these Philistines. But there was one big nine-foot problem. This behemoth came forward this monster guy, nine and a half feet tall, the body armor alone, you're looking at weighing about 125 pounds. Isn't that insane? The tip of the spear, 15 pounds. Everyone had to look up to this monster, and he looked down on everybody else. But did I ever tell you I met Shaquille O'Neal before? So when, when, uh, when I worked at Bellagio, he literally had to go like this to get through the door at the Bellagio. I was working at this jewelry store and he did one of these things just to watch his head and came into the store. There was this big yellow diamond, fancy yellow diamond that we had right in the center as you came through. And he wanted to see it. But I have to tell you, 
when that hand, well, I grabbed this, the stone, and when that hand came to grab that diamond, I don't know if you've ever seen a really tall person's hand, but that hand looks so abnormal, I kind of stepped back as I handed the ring over. <laughs> I had never seen a hand that big in my life. The fingers alone, I mean, unbelievable. And I just remember feeling such intimidation, thinking, wow, this guy is a giant. Anyways, I showed him the ring. He didn't buy it. It's all right. But I'll tell you one thing. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. When Israel saw Goliath, their hearts and hope sank. All the confidence they had had from all their previous victories was gone with one glance. And he was so big that defeat almost seemed completely unattainable for them. They all wanted to run away in fear, terrified. And very often in life, out of nowhere, a nine and a half foot monster problem can arise in our lives. Have you been there before or are you there now? It can happen at a moment's notice, just like our sister. She probably thought on the last third round of chemo that this Goliath wouldn't show up again. But even on this fourth time, Lord God, prove your faithfulness and prove your power and prove your healing touch even a fourth time. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Because sometimes our problems become so big, just like when Israel felt defeated just by looking at a glance of that problem, sometimes these problems seem impossible. But are you ready for this? Impossible is where our God's territory does its finest work. Hallelujah! He loves the impossible. He loves to work in and through and over the impossible. Hallelujah. This is a moment where we can be so happy to know when things always look or feel impossible, we have an impossible God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I remember one time in uh, counseling, Pastor Dave, uh, Pastor David told my wife and I when we were, uh, before we were married, he was telling us how many things we, we, should inspe- we should expect in marriage and how uh, overcomers are and then all the stresses that hit, finances and all these things that will happen. And I thought, oh, we got this. But you know what? You never really realize it until you go through it and you think, you know what? That person was right. So many things can arise in our lives, in our relationships, in our families, in our marriages. But sometimes I have to tell you, I've been thinking the Goliath lately is, how do I even afford this world now? With inflation, the USSR wants to make a comeback. Countries are being overrun. Uh, Used cars are as expensive as brand new cars out of nowhere. Housing prices are insane. I just looked at my uh, benefits for my new job at the Wynn Hotel, looking at all the costs for medical, dental, vision, and I think, how does anybody even do this anymore? This is unbelievable. But I'll tell you one thing. Thank God, just like in the times when it says here, in the times of David, in this moment, God can remind us that this week, when all seems lost, when all seems impossible, hallelujah, out of the ranks stood someone like David with a perspective that has victory loaded into it. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's think First, this morning, first point I wanted to mention this. David approached the situation from God's point of view. 
which of course is the right point of view, amen? David approached the situation from God's point of view. When you think about it, there are giants that lurk in our lives. Do you agree? Things that we seem like we can't get past. If Shaquille O'Neal stood in that doorway, I wouldn't be able to get by. If I wanted to go to lunch, the restroom, go grab a drink, if he stood in that doorway at that store, there's no way I'm getting by. Absolutely not. But think about these. What are the giants in our lives? What are the things that intimidate us, these giant-sized problems that hinder us? Remember, in our scripture, Goliath terrorized the entire army of Israel through fear. And was it successful? It was successful. And that's exactly what the devil does. That's exactly how the devil operates. He attempts to grow Goliath-sized problems in our lives. Am I wrong? He does try that very often, and he tries to instill fear in us. I remember when I was going to Bible college, I kept watching the tuition get more and more expensive. And as that happened, I kept thinking, I hope I have the funds to finish this thing. (laughs) What if I don't sell enough at work? What if all of a sudden, you know, there's no funds? Oh my goodness, the the 9-11 attacks just hit. People aren't coming to Vegas. I'm not going to be able to sell. I'm not going to be able to afford my tuition. All of a sudden, I have to start borrowing money. So many things. Do you worry like me or is it just me? If I'm not careful, my brain can worry in like 20 million different ways. But I'll tell you one thing. When Goliath shouted each day at the armies of Israel, we have to stop and think of the giant-sized problems in our life that shouts at us each day. Does that voice shout to you, your finances are ruined, you're never going to be able to get ahead, your family won't survive, your family issues are going to worsen? Does, it, does he shout to you, a relationship conflict and your family won't be healed? Do you ever have that giant yelling at you? Why do you even bother praying? You're not going to get anything anyways. It doesn't work for you. Do you hear these things? Do you ever hear him yelling at you? Your health is getting worse. Your healing is never coming. Do you ever hear the voice shout at you? You won't be able to serve God the way that you should. I used to say that to myself all the time. Do you ever hear shouting? You'll never be able to overcome that sin or that favorite sin you have in your life. Do you ever hear the shout of the giant come against you and pronounce you a cripple when... Scripture actually pronounces you a sprinter for the gospel. Hallelujah. Goliath was effective. He had 99.9% of Israel scared that day with fear. But one young man stepped forward with a different perspective. When most of them saw this huge, towering, undefeatable giant, David looked at him and saw something different. He saw a vulnerable, weak loudmouth who was on the wrong side hallelujah david knew goliath's biggest problem wasn't the armies of israel but his biggest problem was that almighty god was bigger than him oh hallelujah and david also knew that as he faced this great giant david knew that he wasn't alone david knew who he represented David knew who went before him in that battle. Hallelujah. Goliath saw a young, small, weak little boy, but this boy represented the living God. Hallelujah. David approached Goliath from that point of view. I wanted to uh, show this picture. Before I joined Chanel on Monday, I decided to spend 
a week traveling Mexico, I wanted to see this ancient city of Teotihuacan in the Valley of Mexico. And when you look at that pyramid of the sun, when you're standing there like a little tiny ant, you look at this, you look at this structure, and you can't even see the top. And I kept thinking, I wonder what it looks like on the top of this pyramid that these ancient humans built. And then I paid my pesos and I got up into this balloon and up and up and up we went until all of a sudden that big monster structure, it didn't look quite as intimidating as when you're standing down on the ground level right in front of it. And I got to see the top and I got to see it's just a bunch of rocks. (laughs) But can I tell you something? The perspective of being in front of it and going, wow, to the perspective of looking down at it and going, wow, are completely two different things. David approached the situation from God's point of view, amen? David saw Goliath like this. You're not that big. You look big. Only if I'm looking at you this way. But today I choose to look at you this way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't let Goliath's situations gain any further statue on you today. Amen? Line must be drawn. You've come this far, no further. And now I begin to repel and push you back in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is far bigger than any problem. Do you believe that? Viewing impossible situations from God's point of view puts that giant problem in perspective. And then you can prepare for battle. Hallelujah. Cool picture though, isn't it? It's amazing. Secondly is this. David did not let criticism nor intimidation stop him. He didn't let criticism or intimidation stop him. Have you ever felt that serving the Lord, you get these two uh, things coming against you, criticism and intimidation? Has that ever happened to you? I remember when I made the decision to serve the Lord, I took a lot of heat. Did you? I took a lot of heat. People thought I was going to be boring. They were worried I was in a cult. They were worried that I was a born-again wacko. They wanted to know, do you speak in tongues like I see on TV? Uh, All these different things. You guys are kind of extremists too, right? I mean, there were so many things I heard. I thought, this is pretty fascinating. It's not like Christianity's new in the world. I mean, give me a break. But on the other hand, there are times where we do not let criticism or intimidation stop us, and sometimes we do this to ourselves. Isn't this the craziest thing of all? Sometimes we're critical of ourselves, and we don't even need someone else to do it. Sometimes we intimidate ourselves with our own fear, and we don't even need someone else to do it. It's almost homegrown. When we got to Los Angeles in 2019, I was there a little bit earlier, and Jan and the kids finished up school and came down. One thing I know about my wife, she can't stay at home too long. She wanted to work. And our building in West Los Angeles, our apartment building, there was like this little business center that we were, even though our apartment was there, there's a little business center. And I could tell my wife was getting antsy. She needed to do something. So next to our building was this one building, then a Sony building, then a Pepperdine University building. All these restaurants, really cool place. And I said, "Hun, why don't you just go 
and just hit up some of these places. Go check out these buildings. Pepperdine's there. Sony's there. There's all these little uh, places going on. The coolest thing happened. It was like almost immediately. I think she was scared. She was scared initially thinking, I have to do something. How am I going to find a job here? We don't know anybody. Uh, People were already mean to her. The DMV people barking at her. The people on the freeways driving like nuts. Just, I mean, it was already already hard enough trying to assimilate into L.A. culture. And they call it the city of the angels. (laughs) She'd come home crying from the DMV. These people are so rude. I mean, on and on and on. She puts in, she sees somehow Pepperdine three, three buildings down from us. She sees Pepperdine's looking for some type of an executive assistant for some professors in the, uh, the business school. She puts in for it. The guy that gets her application and resume, he throws all of the rest of them out and says, this is who I want. Didn't even meet her. This is who I want. She came home so happy from gloomy to so happy Because this guy just put everybody aside and said, this is who I want. Well, don't you want to meet more people? This is who I want. And she ended up getting this beautiful job with Pepperdine. And now that we're back in Vegas, she still works for Pepperdine right on her computer from our beautiful home in Vegas. That was an awesome victory. That was an awesome victory. And she didn't let that self-analytical, critical intimidation side that sometimes we want to do for ourselves, she didn't let it hinder her. And the Lord gave it to her so easily. Praise God. Praise God. But you know, there's a time to remember that truly the Lord never gives up on us and we never give up on Him. We just move forward in the relationship and the blessing that we have in Christ Jesus. Even when I remember there were times in my own life, and you might have been in this mode, I doubted His existence. I lived as though He didn't even exist. Have you ever been there? Even when I ignored the Lord when I was younger, I didn't understand Him. There were times I thought of Him as cruel, as unfair, and He would continue to knock on the heart He would continue to knock in my life and praise God. We are blessed. Amen. We are blessed. In fact, it says in Matthew 5, I'm going to read Matthew 5.11. David did not let criticism or intimidation stop him. Matthew 5.11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are you when people insult you. (laughs) But be easier on yourself too, amen? Be easier on yourself. There's so many times my 14-year-old daughter, she's so tough on herself, and I say, baby, be easy on yourself. Don't do the job of the devil. (laughs) You know, don't do his job. Hallelujah. The Lord never gives up on us. Don't you love that? Goliath yelled something. He said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. He cursed David and he cursed the God of David. He threatened to feed David's body to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And that is such a reminder that the enemy loves to kill, steal, and destroy. Isn't that true? Our hope, our spirit our joy, our happiness. You ever feel your joy factor just go plummeting down? So many times, the enemy wants to kill things, the beautiful things that God has placed in our life. But David did something. He didn't just stop and take it. He 
he ran towards this issue. <laughs> That's not easy to do, amen? He ran towards this big problem. Saul tried to put that heavy armor on David, as it says here in Scripture, and then he, he chose to take it all off and just bring some pebbles and a sling. And David heard that Goliath's intimidation, he heard it coming out of his mouth, and his reply is, who is this disgrace that he should define, defy the armies of the living God? What a, what a statement. So last thing I wanted to mention this morning is this. David did not negotiate with his giant-sized problem. He took authority over it, and he conquered it. And let that be a word for us today, amen? I remember there was a time when Osama bin Laden told the Western nations, just withdraw your armies out of the Middle East and we'll leave you alone. That's negotiation. <laughs> and I don't think anybody believed that, right? I don't think anybody believed that. Oh, if you just do this, we'll withdraw. And I don't think that David even realized that at the time, or he, did, he even bought into that. If I negotiate with this guy, we might be able to come up with a diplomatic solution. But no, David didn't negotiate. He took authority and he conquered. In one name. In one name. When my son was little, oh, he was so rebellious, this little guy, just so strong-willed. I remember thinking, this is like one of those Western movies when you get a wild horse and you just have to break it. <laughs> and Jana and I were talking about this this morning, how much we had to put into that boy to just get the results we wanted. You know, just keep coming against that nature and making sure that he had exactly uh, the tools and the scripture and everything in his heart, the right way to make sure that this young guy would come around. Amen. And praise God. There are just, I mean, there are so many amazing times uh, and moments we have with our kids when it comes to the spirituality that they've been brought up with, the worship they have. It, it's just, it's awesome to see. But have you ever noticed, though, the more that you serve the Lord, the more that comes against you? Have you ever noticed those attacks seem to come your way a little more often, a little more in a different way, a little more twisted way, a little more, wow, I wouldn't have seen that coming. It's like the devil truly cannot stand to see a Christian that moves more towards being Christ-like. There was a woman that one time came up on our prayer line at uh, Peaceway Christian Center. She wanted to rededicate the, the entire family's lives to the Lord and on and on. And then a couple weeks later, she came back up to tell me, since we had that prayer and that rededication, all sorts of problems came against us. I just can't even believe it. And I said, praise God. This is a hallelujah moment. I'm starting to think this is a sign you are moving in the right direction. Hallelujah. So let's thank God. Thank you, God, for all of these Goliath-sized problems. Now it's time to seize, take authority, and conquer it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But many people think they can negotiate. Have you ever heard someone say, I leave the devil alone and he leaves me alone? Have you ever heard that? It's an old saying. But when David was under attack, you don't read about negotiations. There wasn't an emissary that was sent out or nothing. 
There wasn't a, a little political group going out to each side like you see in that movie Troy. Hey, let's talk about this. This young man didn't offer negotiations. And David knew who he was in the kingdom of God. This is the most important part of not negotiating. David already knew that the victory was his. He already knew who he was in the kingdom of God. And we should also know who we are in the kingdom of God. Amen? Have you ever heard of this Italian term, grande capo? That means a big shot. You are the grande capo of God's kingdom. You believe that? You might not think you are. You might do that little criticism, self-intimidation thing. I'm not that impressive. Yes, you are because of who goes before you. You are a big shot in God's kingdom. Amen? You are a big shot. Hallelujah. And when the devil comes against you, say, ah, no, you're not that big. You just say, shut up in Jesus' name. Sometimes I tell myself that too. My mind starts going the wrong way. Shut up in Jesus' name. I do that a lot. What was that song? There was this one song too. It's, it's like a popular song. It says uh, something like, Shut up and dance with me. Something like this. And I started singing that. Shut up in Jesus' name. When my mind goes the wrong way. Thinking the wrong things. Fearful, intimidation, criticism, whatever it is. Shut up in Jesus' name. It's a, ni- it's a worse way of saying, be still and know that he's God. Amen? <laughs> but David was under attack. He didn't negotiate. He knew who he was. And God is truly not telling us to run from our problems and the attacks that come against us. He's telling us to run to them. Amen? Meet them on the battlefield on God's terms. Prayed up. Scripture filled. Holy Spirit filled. Meet those problems on God's terms. And then David walked forward victorious. And why? Why did he walk victorious? Wouldn't you like to be victorious all nonstop? Victory after victory after victory. And why was David victorious? Why can we be victorious? And I'll tell you why. It's because we represent Christ Jesus. And guess who Christ Jesus is? He's the one that all authority and heaven and on earth has been given. He beat Satan at the cross. That's why we can face the mountains in our lives, these giant-sized problems, and tell them, get out of our way in Jesus' name. Christ didn't say, negotiate with these problems or these mountains. It wouldn't be like, hey, it would be nice if you stepped out of my life or moved to the side at this moment. He didn't say go around, go over. You know what the Swiss do? They just tunnel through mountains. (laughs) It's amazing to see. But I'll tell you something. He didn't even tell us to do that. The Lord tells us to take authority over it, confront it in my name, Christ Jesus, he says, and conquer it. We are truly the army of victory. Amen? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So today is the day to awaken the David in us. Amen. This lineage. Because once we awaken to who we are in Christ Jesus, there is no need to negotiate because there's no stopping us. The victory will be coming again and again and again. And guess what? Those problems that you thought were so big, 
You know what they'll be? Under your feet. Under your feet. As we close, though, I wanted to re-emphasize the dialogue between Saul and David in 1 Samuel. Saul says to him, you're really only a boy. You're really only, how many times can you say that about yourself? I'm really only human. I'm really only weak. I'm really only fearful. I'm really only anxiety-ridden. I'm really only led by stress. I'm really only... How many of the really onlys can you say? There's so many we could say about ourselves. And Saul says, you're really only a boy. And you really only can't fight this guy. And David says, I'm the one that watches the sheep. What do you know about me? Haven't you ever seen that on popular TV? You don't know me. (laughs) And he says here, hey, I'm the one that's been watching the sheep. What do you know? For the longest time, I'm the one that watches the sheep. And when a bear comes, or the lion shows up, and takes one of my sheep, who do you think goes after it, Saul? Guess who? I do. I'm the one that goes after it. I strike the beast, and I rescue that which is mine. Isn't that what the Lord does? Hallelujah. That's why he gives us the victory. He rescues that which already belongs to him. And then when the beast turns on me, David says, guess who seizes it? I do. And guess where I grab it? By its hair. And then you know what I do? I'm the one that strikes it and I kill it. And I'm going to treat this Goliath as one of those animals because he's made me mad and defied my God. Then he ends this way. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me this day from this giant. Lord God, deliver us from the giants that are lurking in our lives. Hallelujah. Verse 51 reads this way, And David ran. Hallelujah. And he stood over him. May this be our testimony. Amen. May we run take authority and stand over our problems so that they can be in the right place under our feet in Jesus' name. May this be our testimony. Let us never forget who we are in Christ Jesus, il grande capo. Il capo di tutti capi, the boss of all bosses. Hallelujah. We serve him. We serve him. And as the enemy reaches out, just like Shaquille came out with that big hand, let me see that diamond. Oh, I don't know about that. And when that lion or that bear comes out with that big paw to try to grab you and intimidate you and attack you, just like in the days of David, let us exercise the strength and the authority of God's awesome power over our problems. Amen. So this is a word for all of us today. The Lord who delivered you thus far from all of life's lion and bear-sized problems will deliver you from the giant that might stand in your path today. So when you leave today, you're going to leave here problem-free in Jesus' name because you have a God who removes problems. Amen?
Let's stand and pray. Lord God, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, for the life of David. We thank you for the example of knowing, Father, no matter what we face, Lord God, that we do not negotiate with giant-sized problems, but we take authority over them in Jesus' name, and we have the victory because of you. We will not let criticism or intimidation stop us in our tracks like it did the entire army of Israel, except for one young boy. We will approach these situations from your point of view, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And forgive us, Father, for the times that we haven't reacted this way. Forgive us for the times that our mind went in all the wrong ways in all the wrong avenues of fear, self-doubt, self-criticism. Forgive us for those moments, Lord God. We will tell our minds to be still and know that you are God. In Jesus' name, amen.